0: from a hidden rebel fortress long forgotten since the days of the Clone Wars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their daring crew lead a rebel cell dedicated to bringing you stories of adventure and excitement from across the galaxy. Join them for tales of heroes from the dawn of the Resistance stretching back to the Old Republic. Tales of Jedi and Sith, Rebels and Imperials, technological terrors, and fantastic creatures. Legends so great, you won't believe them. But it's true. All of it. So what are you waiting for? Strap in and get ready to make the jump with Rebel Cells, the Star Wars Animation Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells for our Forces of Destiny recap. I'm your host Cassie Scutch, and today we're going to be talking about Season One, Episode Seven of Forces of Destiny called "The Stranger." This episode with Jin, or the first episode with Jin, um, we have a little bit of news to get to today. Firstly, as I'm sure all of us know, since we are all animation fans here, we had um, a second trailer for the Resistance come out. Uh, earlier last week, and this is the first trailer or sneak peek or or another coming out about Resistance that I genuinely watched and not got excited for because I've gotten excited for all of them, but I was genuinely pumped up about this show. Uh, Getting to see those X-Wings, getting to see the Star Destroyers, getting to see Starkiller base in this animated format, getting to see it you know, knowing that this is before The Force Awakens was so exciting and it's getting me so pumped for what this show is kind of going to entail and what's going to happen throughout it. We got to see a lot more of Poe in this trailer and we obviously got to see a little bit of Leia in there as well and one of the first things I thought when she appeared uh, was that the voice actress that they had gotten to play Leia is, did a phenomenal job or is going to do a phenomenal job. You can't even tell the difference between the Resistance's Leia and Leia in The Force Awakens and, and The Last Jedi, which I was very impressed by because I know that um, finding someone who can do such a similar voice is very difficult. And it kind, it, it seeing that is what got me the most excited for this because we are going to be getting those beloved characters that have been seen throughout, you know, our our new sequel trilogy as well as the new characters. Um, and I know for me as well as a lot of other people, having new characters is a little bit nerve-wracking, and it's something we're gonna have to get used to. And I think that's a lot of what the apprehension. Uh, around resistance is about, but I think the fact that they are, we're keeping Poe, we're keeping Leia, and then we have Phasma, it, it adds to this show and allows us to kind of get, um, get more comfortable within it. And the fact that the voice for Leia was so familiar was so easing to me through like watching it, uh, I I think I didn't realize that I was anxious and nervous about how uh, well the voice actress for Leia was going to do until I heard her do a great job. And then that relief kind of, I I had some weight lifted off my shoulders there. So we hear Phasma in there a little bit and we all get a view at a trooper that looks like Phasma, but he is gold. He or she is gold. I don't know if that is that is Phasma, and it's just the uh, difference in animation style here, or it is a new guy. Uh, I kind of said the same thing because we do also have that red trooper, and so we don't know a lot about that, but I'm excited to kind of explore more within the First Order uh, as well as being able to explore more within the resistance because we don't get a whole lot in the movies about, about what's going on within the First Order and how it works. Um, as well as not as much about the resistance, obviously. Um, we, we go in uh, knowing what they're fighting for and knowing the characters that are in there, but we do not have background information with them, and I'm excited that, to get that here with this. So I'm excited to find out uh, a little bit more about that and who this Golden um, Stormtrooper is. Uh, I'm gonna call him Goldbro for right now. We also have the trailer for the Vader Immortal VR game. Whatever it is, I don't know how you would refer to these games that are in VR. And it looks so cool, but I'm also sitting there and I'm fighting with myself in my head because I'm not going to buy one, I'm not going to buy a headset, I'm not going to do it. But I know that when this comes out and I see everybody like talking about it, I'm going to want one and they're so expensive and I can't afford that, but you know. They want me to, they want us to buy it so bad. And I wanted, ooh, it's going to be a struggle when this comes out. I believe in 2019, we have a lot going on in 2019 uh, here in the Star Wars universe. We also got some pictures that were taken of John Favreau's uh, set for his live action show, kind of sneaky pictures, but But what we got from those pictures were really reminiscent of Tatooine and Moss Eisley um, and the Adobe houses on Tatooine. So a lot of the speculation around those pictures is that we're getting a show that is taking place on Tatooine. But uh, a lot of people have also been mentioning Mandalore. We know that this show takes place three years after uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh, But we don't know much else um, that has been, like, officially announced. Um, But a lot of people have been talking about Mandalore and Tatooine. And I'd be so excited if it was Mandalore, but I don't think that we have really any real evidence that that's what this show is going to be about. Correct me if I'm wrong. I could very well be wrong, but that'd be exciting. You know, I'd love more than anything for this show to be about... um, Mandalore's struggles after the uh, Galactic Civil War and kind of rebuilding itself after that. The articles I was reading online about John Favreau's series was talking about Bo-Katan and Finrao, um and their kind of involvement in rebuilding Mandalore or trying to keep it together uh, after the war. That's what I'm personally betting for, but uh, I can't see why they would be building a... Tatooinean set. If that were the case, unless they're gonna bring Boba Fett out of the Sarlacc and he's gonna just be hanging out in Mos Eisley. Uh, And then he's gonna be like, I'm gonna go to Mandalore. But that makes absolutely no sense because we all know that he's not really a Mandalorian. Anyway, I'm going on a tangent. Let's go ahead and get started with the episode, The Stranger. In the streets of Garel City, Jen Urso is buying a fruit from an Ortolan merchant when she hears two stormtroopers walking by. The stormtroopers confront a little girl who's stroking her cat, Tukey, and tells her that she is in violation of Code 310. The girl protests that the Tuka cat is all that she has, but the stormtrooper orders her to hand over the cat, and when she refuses, he snatches it out of her hands and shoves her aside. Jen, seeing the situation, throws her fruit at the stormtrooper and tells him to pick on someone his own size. Jen kicks the first stormtrooper to the ground. She then hits the second trooper with a stick and flees with the cat. While fleeing through the narrow streets, Jen is pursued by stormtroopers who fire their blasters. She shoots at a coolant pipe and takes advantage of the leaked gas to flee into the alleyway. The stormtroopers are joined by two more troopers. In the alleyway, the Tuca cat licks Jen's face. Jen and the cat hide beside a trash bin, and she tells the cat to be quiet, but it just meows at her. As the stormtroopers approach their position, she shoots a drainage hatch with her blaster, causing the troopers to fall into the gutter below it. One of the stormtroopers tries to cling onto the surface, but the Tuka cat pushes him down. Jen and the cat watch over the fallen stormtrooper, and the cat responds with gratitude. Later, Jen returns Tuki to the little girl, who asks Jen her name. Jen reveals that her name is Jen Urso before walking away. Okay, I've got to be real honest, y'all. This is probably my least favorite episode of Forces of Destiny. Um, It might be a little skewed because I'm also not a huge fan of Rogue One. Um, In this episode, I felt like they took Jen way outside of where her character is supposed to be, Um, especially during this timeline, which we're not exactly given a specific uh, point where this timeline is. Uh, On Wikipedia, it said that our time was somewhere between uh, the end of Rebel Rising and Jen going to jail, but I fe- I, didn't- I never read Rebel Rising. Um, that's a little bit of like a disclaimer. I-, I haven't read Rebel Rising and that might hurt me here, but if somebody like me can't figure out really where what's going on and how things are the way that they are during an episode, uh, that's, that's kind of a problem, um, and maybe it's my fault, but, you know, who knows. Uh, I'm really trying hard not to, uh, having a negative opinion about something that I'm talking about uh, toward people is hard. Um, and I'm trying to say everything in kind of in a way that can't be misconstrued and a way that's respectful. And I also don't want to say something negative and at the same time get my facts wrong. So this is a little hard to do right now. Um, but the timeline uh, here doesn't really make sense to me. If this is before her uh, incarceration, she's still kind of the cynical, out for herself, you know, cr- criminal gen. Uh, that we see at the very beginning of Rogue One uh, where she is not going to help anybody. She's out for herself. She doesn't trust anyone. She's just trying to make it to the next day. And that doesn't make sense here with her character. It would make sense with her character if she was still uh, with Saw, um, with his band of rebels. But this, it's it's kind of a gray area of what she's doing, how old she is, what's going on. And from the looks of the episode, she looks very much like she does in Rogue One. So I don't think that she is younger than 16. Uh, I think that's pretty apparent. So it really doesn't make sense for her character to go out and help someone uh, without having really an incentive. Uh, The risk here definitely outweighs the reward. And I think she's smart enough. And I think she knows that as well as she's not going to stick her neck out for... Somebody she doesn't know especially towards the Imperials who she knows is looking for her. She's a criminal. That's Not something she's gonna do Uh, it, It doesn't make sense with her character at all. They're trying to make kind of a point of She kind of sees herself in this little girl, but at this point in time, I don't think that that is something that her character would do regardless even if she does have a moment where she sees herself in another character uh and in a little girl uh it's it's just to me it was lazy writing i think and i feel terrible saying that because i i do i love forces of destiny i love what it's doing they put a lot of thought into most of their episodes but i don't think they did in this one uh they they very much strayed away from who jen is during this time this is the djinn at the end of Rogue One, not the djinn years beforehand. They just have this moment in my... I, I called up my friend, and so I'm quoting him here because this is what he said. Um, my friend Oliver, my buddy, shout out to him. Uh, he and I had this uh, discussion after this episode came out because I'm. he is my friend who I've spoken in the past who is not a huge fan of Forces of Destiny, even though I love him. You're a great dude, Oliver. But he and I would often get into arguments over things that would happen in Forces of Destiny. And he had a strong argument and then I, I agree with him uh, here coming in. So I called him up today and I was like, hey, uh, can you remind me what you had said? And so he and I talked for a little while over this episode. But this episode is what he said, just heroes wanting to do hero things for the sake of being a hero. Um, and that's that's how I felt going into this episode. And that's what it felt to me. And it didn't feel organic. It didn't feel like something her character would do. Um, she didn't have any reason to fight back other than being angry. But She was angry at the Empire. She was angry at her father. That's what I do know from Rebel Rising. I didn't read it. She doesn't like the Empire, but she's definitely not going to just do something to them for no gain of her own. She wasn't wasn't involved and she didn't care about what was happening with the Empire. She didn't care about fighting back until her dad died. And that was a very, very important change in Rogue One that we saw and even in rogue one i was kind of angry at her complete 360 with her character i think that i think that's the reason i don't like rogue one that much is because the characters are so confusing and their motivation is so confusing even though it was that moment that kind of snapped her into wanting to be towards the cause That's not how real decisions are made. And it felt a lot of the same with a lot of the other characters um, in Rogue One. And so I think that this episode just kind of further confused me uh, here with where these characters are going, what they're doing. Um, I think they took this leap for Rogue One in having uh, these characters who have very, very big flaws and don't always want to help. And I think they, tried too many times to backtrack on that um that it kind of became a little incoherent and uh that that shows here with uh this episode of forces of destiny and that's why it's it's really just not one of my favorites and i don't have a whole ton to talk about with it this week um because of that you know even in rogue one she isn't she isn't willing to help people in need. I don't think there is anything that would have happened between this episode and Rogue One that could have changed that besides her having gone to to, uh, prison. But even then, I think that that going to prison could have made her want to help people, made her hate the Empire more, make her want to fight back, not the opposite. So it's just really inconsistent. Um, and it's, it's it's inconsistent here how she's gonna help somebody now for no reason and not help people during Rogue One. The, also, I know it's supposed to be sweet that she's telling the little girl her name, but she doesn't know this girl. Again, she's a stranger. They don't know each other. How does she know that the girl isn't gonna turn around to the Imperials who are running after Jen and sell her out? Maybe. I I don't know, maybe this is how she ended up in prison, uh, this episode right here. Maybe they cut out a little bit at the end where they like took her off in handcuffs, but I just personally didn't feel like this was, it just didn't make any sense. Uh, And I know that they do need to take these characters and make them more appealing to kids and make it and give a story that we can use to kind of to encourage kids to be better people and to encourage them to stand up for what they believe in but i don't think jen's character has the ability to be the character that shows that um unless there are scenes that they have cut out of rogue one that like one of those deleted scenes that forces of destiny is kind of surrogating itself as unless we have one of those from within rogue one i don't think jen is the character Four Forces of Destiny. She's not a character who is happy. She's not a character who helps people before Rogue One. And there's not really a whole bunch of time within Rogue One to have her be that person. There's a moment where she's a cynical, unhappy, untrusting person, and then right after that moment, She's for the cause and I, I don't think it's right for them to sacrifice her character in order to teach lessons and make these Forces of Destiny episodes. That's something that's really hard for me to say because I love Forces of Destiny. I think it's great. But I really have problems here with this episode. I genuinely just don't like it. I think it's wrong. They're sacrificing her character. They're, there's just a lot. And I get what they were trying to do. I get that Forces of Destiny is not for us older fans, but it does. Every episode, just like the episodes before, need to be able to service everyone. And this didn't do that. And I'm gonna try, I I always try to go into each episode, and even if there are things I don't like, to kind of pick out the good things. But this one just so blaring in the face of how much it is not kind of up to par with the other episodes, and so I don't really have much to talk about there. Uh, I mean, we have uh, Code 310, which is the um, prohibition of pets among Imperial citizens, Um, and I don't really understand why that is. Uh, Maybe they are afraid that pets are going to attack officers in any chance of uh, search and seizure. Of somebody's residence or maybe it's just another mouth to feed and the Empire already is struggling to feed uh, the people so they don't need to be wasting resources on animals I don't know what that is those are my only two kind of thoughts and then we also have the Tuca the Tuca cat uh, whatever it's called it's obviously in Revel- Rebels called a loth cat um, I'm wondering if it's different on different planets, if it's like the same thing, it's just different names. I'm, I'm confused about that, but that's not anything bad. I'm just like trying to find something other than uh, what I'm not feeling good about with this episode to talk about. Um, so we have the Tuga cat, and it was nice to see. Um, it was... I love loft cats. We all love loft cats. They're awesome. They're cute. The Empire hates them, uh, obviously. Stormtroopers and Rebels hate them. Stormtroopers here do not like them. I think that is a great addition to the canon that stormtroopers don't like cats. But that's really all I got out of this episode that was positive. And from the bottom of my heart, that makes me sad. I really, I don't like sitting down here to uh, record and not being able to be excited and happy about what I'm talking about. Um, But luckily, uh, next week, we have my favorite episode, which is Bounty of Trouble. I'm beyond excited for that, Um, it's just a matter of this one not being my favorite. And so I apologize if this wasn't the, uh, what you wanted to hear from me this episode, but it's what I have to offer, and I'm sorry that it's a little shorter here. I just didn't feel like I had a lot to talk about here with this episode. So, thanks for listening, and as always, you can stay up to date with all the latest in Star Wars animation news by heading to rebelcells.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com rebelspodcast and on Twitter at rebelspodcast. You can also follow me on Twitter at Cassie Scratch, that's C-A-S-S-I-E-S-C-U-T-C-H, and of course, we're part of the Thunderquack Network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other podcasts in the network. And if you'd like to support us, you can do that in one of two ways: first, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch, or by heading to patreon.com/thunderquack and pledging your support. Your monthly pledge gives you access to cool exclusives like the Thunderquack podcast and the Thunderquack group on Twitter. Um, thank you guys so much for listening this week. I'm sorry that it wasn't as exciting as I try to make it. Maybe it's the exact same, I don't really know. But we'll be back next week with Bounty of Trouble.